you're listening to the Regional Update. I'm Jessica Strauss. I'm the Weed Smart Communications and Project Lead. And in this podcast, we catch up with somebody from the regions, whether it be the North, South or Western, each month, and we find out what's happening in their patch in regards to weed control. Let's get into it. In this edition of the Regional Update, we're heading to the Northern Region to catch up with Pool Ag Consulting Agronomist, Sam Simons. Sam is based in Moree, New South Wales. Sam joins me now. How are you going? Yeah, good, Jess. How are you I'm really good. Now, I can hear a few little uh, birds in the background. Um, we should fill people in on, on where you are so that they can uh, put, put, put the place where you are uh, in their minds with all the birds. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, yeah, just on holidays at the moment at Corumban Wildlife Park, so it's a bit noisy between the birds and uh, the odd plane flying over, but we'll, um, we'll give it a crack and see how we go. Oh, I'm very jealous. Even with all the, the rain and stuff that you're having, I love Corumban Wildlife Park and how the birds come right up to you and have a feed. It's very cute. So, yeah, thanks for joining us yeah. when you're on a bit of a break. So we're going to be talking about the region that you cover, which is the surrounds of Moree in New South Wales. And, uh, yeah, so firstly, uh, can you give us a bit of background on your farming district and, and the clients that you deal with? Yeah, I am based at Moree, Jess, and could we cover a zone 150 k's, I guess, either direction from Moree. Uh, mix of dry land and irrigated and mixed farms, uh, mostly growing you know, winter grain pulses. Summer grains, legumes, cotton, and uh, everything in between. Very nice. And we had a bit of a chat off mic, and you said that milk thistle is becoming quite a bit of an issue for your region. Can you talk us through that and what farmers can do to get get on top of that weed? Yeah, it has been evolving slowly, Jess, in the context of the last couple of years has probably exacerbated it in that it's been quite wet since the drought, and so there's been... You know, you see the species, it's germinating year-round, round up on its own, not working as well as it used to. Uh, timeliness of operations and sprays has been quite difficult at times, this summer being one of them. And so it just shows that if you, if you miss that critical timing and with a lot of sensitive crops around like cotton and mung beans, uh, we're limited with our options. And so we seem to be getting more escapes from veggies than we'd like. And at times we've been limited to just aerial applications and again, limited on options there. So it's been quite a common sight this summer to drive through northwest New South Wales and see milk thistle as the prevailing weed that's sort of sticking above the stubble. So it's just something we're going to have to be mindful of going forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, no, good to raise it. And is there any other weeds that are uh, issues in your area that you'd like to give some tips for growers on how to keep on top of them? Yeah. I mean, summer grasses are still here and the timing of uh, that first knockdown coming out of harvest is still so important. And then getting residual herbicides on just to take the pressure off the, the glyphosates and the group A's. And so, again, this year, anyone that was unable to get that timing right did see them escape through the fallow and it's a constant battle the rest of the time trying to get on top of it. So so that includes, I guess, barnyard grass and the seed grass and better top being the main ones, yeah. Yeah, great. And and so no. how are farmers in your region going with seeding at the moment? What's happening in that space? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's been a bit frantic really. So we've, we've gone into the planting season with a few fallows, fairly weedy, but getting on top of it with the pre-plant sprays and double knocks as best as possible. And in terms of planting, 
yeah, it was an interesting one, but most of the beta beans and the canola got in on time in the end, or, or the wheat was so later than ideal, and then a pretty big push on wheat and um, barley before this last brain event this week, which it sort of settled in. So, yeah, no, it has been a pretty frantic two weeks. Yeah, I can only imagine. And uh, in terms of what growers need to be mindful of over the next few months with controlling weeds, what tips would you uh, share with people in your district? Oh, look, I think the main thing is going to be it's all about timing and product selection as well. So we really want to, after seeing the amount of, you know, milk thistle, fleabane and other weeds coming up basically before the headers went in in some cases this year, or last year, sorry, we want to make sure we get on any residual products on those problem paddocks or when we know we're going to be surrounded by sensitive crops like cotton or mung beans. It'll be um, very important to get the residual right from the post them on. And then for grasses, we, we certainly have seen an increase in Group A resistant winter grasses. And so a bit more residuals are starting to get used up here. Traditionally, it hasn't been uh, used widely like other regions simply because of cost and scale at times, but also limitations with product choice and planter. That is changing a bit, certainly. East of Moree, a bit higher winter grass pressure, we are having to use a lot more residuals than we have in the past. Yeah, okay. Sam, camera sprays in your region are something that are becoming quite widely used and people are very interested in them and it will be something that we'll be showcasing at our Machinery Expo Day, which is part of Weed Smart Week, Moree. Can you give us an idea of how camera sprays have been used in uh, over that summer period? What have people been um, doing in, in that regard? Yeah, so most clients do have access to an optical sprayer. It's getting pretty tricky with the weed spray to get on top of weeds effectively without one. Problems been in the last two years, there have been less opportunities to use them between rain events. And so you know, the best use of them is at a double knock or getting those problem scattered weeds and they're sort of firing at less than 10%. We haven't been able to get good double knocks on a lot of the cases this year because it had been so wet. And so rather than a paraquat based brew in the cameras, at times we'd have to go back to a roundup or something that we haven't been able to quite finish those those challenging weeds. So their use has been more limited this summer than what we would like. And that's sort of let a few things escape through longer than what they normally would. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Was there any way around that? Can you foresee any kind of – what advice would you give to people who have encountered that experience? Not really. I mean, if, if conditions aren't suitable, it's too wet. It's, it's too wet. And the other thing is that some people – did try to use it in scenarios that they probably shouldn't and that became very apparent where they were running the cameras and it was firing at 30% or greater to try to save chemical or it didn't buy them enough time as there were little ways that do get missed and the paddocks, you know, dirty again in two weeks and so I would advise that that's not really the best use pattern of optical sprayers. It really is best for that uh, really low percentage yeah, for sure. And Sam, we are coming to your region at the end of the year. We're going to have two Weed Smart Week events this year. We are actually meant to come to Moree last year, but with all the COVID restrictions, it just made it a little bit too difficult, but definitely going to be coming this year. What kind of things do you think growers would benefit from hearing at Weed Smart Week about what sort of issues do you reckon they really would really be keen to hear about in that weed control space? Oh, look, I think they're going to want to know how how other regions have got on top of 
their problem. We, with, with good grower case studies, basically the resistance that we could expect possibly in some of the weed species we've got here, the timelines in which they might sort of get to it. And, and I guess novel technologies that are, that are working that we can do besides herbicides. And some of those I'm referring to things like sowing rates and, and row spacing potentially because it's become clear that we, we just can't rely on herbicides and, and yeah, getting that insight from other agronomists and, and farmers in other regions would be great. Yeah, well, that's certainly the format. And so, we're, yeah, we're keen to catch up with the growers in your region later on this year. Uh, tickets are not on sale yet, but, yeah, mark the dates down in your calendar. It's going to be December 6 and 7. And, yeah, we will have uh, people coming from interstate, uh, different regions sharing their, uh, their tactics and what they've had success with, as well as hearing from uh, innovative growers in the local area too. So hopefully we'll see you there too, Sam. Well, that'd be great, Jess. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you so much for giving us a regional update today. We really appreciate it. And enjoy the rest of your day at Currumbin Wildlife Park. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Jess. Take care.